a house Simis Broadcasting. Hello everyone, today is the 27th of Therindor, and it is a wonderfully beautiful day outside, a little bit on the drizzly side, but I'm not going to let that get me down. Well, hopefully the contents of today's broadcasting will do that for you. Oh, that's a little bit morbid. Well, we've got some pretty dark news and real issues here in the city, and then we're going to have a special guest on to talk about things. So we had a lot of people write into us and say, Hey, we're interested in Kubara and the lizard folk that you spoke with. Or we're interested in learning about the Kalishtar and the Quarry and the Dreaming Dark. And even a few people that said, Hey, I'm interested in learning about House Madani and its Inquisitives. So we decided, based on all of that information... We were going to do a thing. And then management decided that today we're going to talk about Tiernadol Elves, which completely relates to everything that has happened. It's a very interesting culture that's very different from our own. Have you ever met with Tiernadol Elves? I don't know. You ever come face to face with Elves in Valinar? I don't know. You ever fight them on the plains of the Talenta? Silas, you're getting a little bit serious. You know, you're right. Let's let's go ahead and get into that wonderful little music, and then we can jump right into today's broadcasting of A, a Chronicle, Chronicle of Echoes. Echoes. we had some depressing news why don't you go ahead and start us off really you're just gonna have me lead into it you're not gonna because it's gonna be bad so you're gonna say something really sad and depressing and then i'm gonna say something light bright and airy and everybody's gonna forget about the gross stuff you talked about oh okay this bit of news comes from our friends at the shard inquisitive over a thousand protesters took to the streets of Sharn on Mole. They marched through the bazaar in Harris Folly. These protesters blocked key intersections and clashed with city guards. Additional troops were launched from Dagger Watch Garrison to address the disturbance. The Brelin Ledger at this time is reporting from all precincts in Sharn over 150 arrests. The rally was organized by a group known as the Blood of the Disappeared, a collective of parents and spouses of missing Braylish soldiers. Blood Counselor Marena Takant spoke to the Crown at Marqueni Plaza. She called for our government from the Crown on down to do everything it can to negotiate for the remains of soldiers and any living soldiers still out there. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, Karnath didn't just raise Karnathi dead. They also rose other people. 
And I think that it is entirely okay for the uh, blood of the disappeared to want the remains of those soldiers back. And moreover, there were British soldiers in Siri when the morning happened. So there are definitely just bodies wasting away in the moorland, not being interred. But we have a problem here because Assistant War Minister Erneth Irchalis has said that the Crown welcomes any information with regard to these soldiers, but has, at this moment in time, received very little because other nations are afraid of revealing any of the activities that took place up until the end of the war here, because all of that constitutes military secrets. Now, I do need to note that Brayland has said at this moment in time, Braylish forces are unaware of any living prisoners from any other nations within their borders. It's a hard subject to tackle, and I don't know how it can be addressed effectively, but I'm delighted to see how you make people forget about the thousands of protesters in the streets, the arrests, the missing soul, and the desecration of bodies and memories. Sheep. No. House Fidalis has recently bred a very interesting type of livestock. These are Syrian sheep. These sheep are very, very light, which means that Sharn can now have more livestock in it. These sheep, on any given day, you just put them on a leash... You let them go, and they kind of stay in one area. They can wiggle their little tails, move their little feetsies, and they can move around a little bit. But they float in the air. When you're not in Sharn, they're still extremely light as well. And so this is actually a really good thing, because uh, a lot of sheep have issues where the wool on their body gets too heavy. And it can cause a lot of issues, because... It retains a bunch of water, which can actually start to, like, rot the skin underneath it. But these sheep, their wool can't do that at all because uh, it's, like, it's like too light and the water just, like, evaporates out of it really fast. And it's really, really lightweight. And so not only is the sheepies, like, better for that, but, like, then the wool makes a really, really good, like, fabric as well. Also... <laughs> Listen to this. This is the best part. Um, you can hire House Vidalis oh. to herd the sheep past your window each night so you can fall asleep counting sheep. <laughs> well, that does sound like an interesting way to fall asleep. Uh, I occasionally have had to have people cast a sleep spell on me to make sure I get a good rest. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that is a nice story, too. So we'll, we'll forget about all the horrible things that have happened and instead... Silas, why do you have to make everything bad? I'm here to read the news. It's what I do. I'm here to read the news, too. But I'm not a big old stick in the mud. And I don't always be like, everything is bad. Because you know what? Not everybody can handle that everything is bad. Sometimes they need a little bit of light you're in right, their life. Right. I have another one from the Sharn Inquisitive. And it ends in a surprising way. All right, Alufi, are you ready? We're going to hit that little bit of lighter news. Just do it already. Okay. The quarantine on Smoky Towers was finally lifted today 
as the Sharn Watched has announced that the silent plague is not contagious. Black and Book investigators have yet to locate the source of this mysterious illness, which leaves its victims pale and rendered mute. Senior Inquisitive Karen Alandidor has stated the name is a misnomer as it isn't a disease, but a curse. So far, 42 residents have come down with a strange affliction, including noted singers Marden Clubier, Jordan Defiarlin, Needles Norick, and Grancha Fleetfinger. The lifting of these quarantines does mean, however, that the Children's Charity Parade on Zul can keep its expected route, which is exciting for them. See, I told you it had a, a positive ending there at the end. Technically not a disease. And on top of that, Children's Parade. Do you think it's the Broken Note Killer? What? The Broken Note. Well, that no, that, that that's ridiculous. The Broken Note Killer is a murderer who kills people. This is not connected to that. It's not uncommon for uh, some serial killers to change their methods. But what would he achieve in not killing people who do music? I, I feel like he had a very specific M.O. That's true, but maybe he's silencing them first, and then we'll be killing them. Well, let me take a look here. Uh, well, according to this, the silent plague isn't limited to entertainers, as Undro Balashk, special assistant to Kaskar Halavik, has the affliction. So that's someone not directly connected to music who has it. Maybe they play music. Mm, that's actually a good point. Uh, you know what? Uh, I hope that it's not the Broken Note Killer. Because, again, I think sensationalizing him and then giving him a special affliction just seems unnecessary. I think I get it. Oh? Uh, get what? Why you're being so grumpy today. Why is that? Your date didn't go well, did it? My date went fine and is not part of the news that we're here to talk about. Tell me. Or rather, tell all of Sharn. Do you think that somehow the date that I went on, that I was forced to go on, is newsworthy? Yes. For all of Sharn. It was newsworthy last week. It, I'm sure it wasn't. I had a lovely time with uh, Miss Last Name Not Given, and uh, it was enjoyable. She fed me cheeses and wine, uh, but unfortunately we had to go our separate ways. Why? Well, I, I guess it just comes down to... Uh, a difference of how we were raised. I am from here in Sharn, and she is a lizard folk from Kubara. Did you at least have a good time? Oh, I had a fantastic time, and it was really nice. I enjoyed getting to meet the contestants. I didn't think I was going to enjoy the entire process. Uh, but I, I will say that the random contestants that were selected were much better than what it could have been. You know, um, a lot of our listeners did send in notes to me personally. They were very mad at me. Oh, go on. They were very upset that I reserved a special spot for Kevin, but I didn't reserve a spot for a specific follower of the Silver Flame. Whom? Bishop Chantelin Sarhain. Well, I mean, that wouldn't make any sense. She's not from here in Shard. She lives in... What is it, Sire? Nah, I don't think that that type of long-distance dating would work well. That she's in the flame, I'm in the host. You know how it is. A lot of people think that you guys would be good together. 
Yes, and a lot of people think Thrackle Spice goes on breakfast. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, for all of our listeners out there, you know what? I would be willing to play that game again sometime in the future if that's what our listeners want. I'm, I'm here for them and their enjoyment. And honestly, who's going to say no to a fine meal and all the drinks I can have after? That kind of sounds fun. You know what? Uh, if you think that we should instead uh, take the time to help out a Luffy, well, let us know. I don't need help. I'm okay. I, I think you do. Uh, the last three meals you've eaten have been here at the booth or with your father. I mean, you know, Dad's just like... Living on your couch. If anyone needs help, it's not the person who's, you know, successfully been married. Mom's just really mad at him right now because... It he, has been months. I mean, they, they need to work it out. He went to the Lazar Principalities and she expected a souvenir. And the souvenir he brought back may or may not have been cursed. So, you know. Why, why is, why would you purchase a souvenir? You know what? No. Nope. I'm not. Nope. Nope. No. I mean... You don't purchase all of the souvenirs. Don't you ever, like, pick up a cool-looking seashell and bring it back and give it to somebody as a souvenir? Because you're like, hey, I saw this seashell and I thought of you. No, I do not do that. I've actually been part of a thing that they're doing now, which I really enjoy. Uh, you can go uh, to different taverns and while you're in different cities and get little little glasses with the name of the tavern or the city right on there. And that's what I enjoy doing. That's a great gift. That's a practical gift. What are you going to do with a shell? It's pretty to look at. Oh. It made me think of you. Well, I, I mean, again, the glass will do that. And you can drink out of it. Uh, I, you know, I just want to say that no one has ever gotten cursed from something purchased at a tavern. Watch the news, Silas. There's going to be a bunch of people buying stuff from taverns and they're going to be cursed. Well, I hope that's not the Highlights case. for next week, or two weeks from now, are going to be man-cursed by shot glasses sold at local taverns. You, you know, Luffy, I think we should take the time to go over... Uh, yeah, there we are. Let, let's go over uh, Luffy's asks. So today we have two pieces to follow up with from previous listeners who've written in. Ooh. Yes, uh, the first one here says, Dear Luffy. That's me. Thank you for believing. Believing? Thank you for believing in me, Miss Luffy. I will be the best wizard for you. Will you come to my birthday party? You can bring your mean friend if he promises to be nice. Meeps, too, please. Love, Disaster Baxter. And then... What is that? Is that is that giant? Is that? Oh, that's Steve's can. It says, "My daughter has." Oh wait, hold on. I'm not gonna read this out loud. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, so this is the this is the the question that with dads and alchemist mom is a rogue. Yes, I, I do remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course I'm going to go to your birthday party. Uh, and are you going to invite uh, Meeps and myself? Meeps, yes, but I don't know about you. Well, you know, instead of inviting me, maybe you can answer a question. Why do you know Thieves Can't? You don't? 
No. You grew up in Sharn, and you can't read Thieves Camp. No, I do How not. many times has your house been broken in? Uh, well, I, not that. No? Look at me. Uh, how many times? Related to what I do, or... Cause in general. Several, it's, been, it's been a few. But most of the time, they're there to... You know what? Continue. So, so here's the thing. A lot of thieves can't is specifically to relate information to one another uh, in in a visual manner, uh, you know, like words. <laughs> but so like, you know, there's a symbol for like this person goes out for lunch every day at noon and has lots of fun things to steal in their house. And there's like another symbol for, hey, please don't steal from here, please. And then there's like another, you know, like there's a bunch of different symbols that mean things. And then there's also like actual big words that you can write out using thieves can't. And uh, there's actually, uh, I'm not going to tell where because people should have to find it for themselves. But there is a walking path you can take in one of the districts in Upper Dura. Not super far from my home where there is a thief's cant hidden around the walking path that is an ongoing conqueror game. So they just write the moves of conqueror as they do them? Yeah. Why not just play in person? Because it's funner this way. To hide them on a walking path. Yeah, it's like an extra challenge. How do they know which moves came when? Uh, so it's it's linear. So you got the start of the path. There, there's a bunch of them. But at the end of the path, there isn't any at all. So, oh, okay. Uh, you know. Uh, so, yeah. like, you know it's, like, a big move if the next, like, the next move is closer, is, like, way far ahead. So you know that that person's being cocky and is, like, ha I got you on the ropes. Oh, uh, well, that, that that is interesting. I, uh. Yeah. May have to look, you know what, uh, maybe we should go out to lunch and we can see the walking path and then you can come by my house and just, uh, I have some architecture I'd like you to just take a look at. Just some architecture? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a little walk by on the outside of my house. Okay. Well, good. I'm, I'm delighted. So let's, uh, let, let's go to the next to Luffy's Ask, shall we? Yeah, let's do that, Silas. Dear Luffy, thanks to you, thanks to your advice, I'm looking into replacing my spiked plating with a retractable version. However, I have another question for you. During the last war, I fought alongside goblin mercenaries and picked up the language and some of the mannerisms. Now, my friends are saying these mannerisms are inappropriate for polite society and could ruin our chances of getting a quest for a major house or noble family. Is it true and something I need to be worried about? Thanks, Grand. So I'm going to call out a few things here. I don't think that we should use terms like polite society when talking about goblins and goblinoid creatures and really just like anybody in general. Because so bugbears in particular, uh, a, a lot of their culture is about being the biggest, being the most physically aggressive. And uh, that is is something that you would do even at, you know, formal parties as a bugbear. You would be the biggest, most most physically aggressive. And that can be anywhere from from uh, verbally saying really mean things in Goblin to other people about, like, you know, the integrity of your mother or things like that. Um, 
And that's okay in bugbear culture. Now, coming to what we would call, quote-unquote, civilized culture or polite society, um, that's not okay. I don't think that it's okay to say that bugbears don't have polite society. Uh, I think that it's a cultural difference and something that we should honestly uh, approach more in a positive light. Now, I think that you should probably keep the idea of when in Karnath, do as the Karns do, which is kind of a way of saying when you're around people that aren't bugbears, that aren't goblinoids, try to emulate what they would say is appropriate within the confines of their social structure. For example, when you're a gnome in, say, Zalargo, you <laughs> want to do your best not to sound, stand out at all. You want to blend in, you want to be as conformist as possible, uh, while still keeping your identity and being unique. Um, whereas if you are in, let's say, on Dare, with their polite society, you want to be bombastic, you want to be, you know, you want everybody to look at you. That's what is expected in that society and in that culture. So when you're around bugbears, it could entirely not only save you, but also save your friends if you happen to insult the integrity of that really big looking bugbear's mother, um, because that might make it so that you um, are the biggest, uh, you know, bird in the flock and it makes it so that they respect you more. But I do think that there is a big problem with saying that specific cultures are lesser or less polite than others uh, in our current society. It is important to remember that when dealing with people who have certain expectations, it's best to play along with them and do as they ask. And, and I like to always remember a bit of old goblin advice that was given to me back in the day. Mm -hmm. And that is my bet. <gasps> You're not allowed to say that. What? Is that, is that, I'm not allowed to say that? I was told that that meant good luck. Mm. Ma bet. Yeah. No. No, silence. You, you're, silence. you're hearing it wrong. You, you're, you have to be hearing it no. wrong. Ma. Silence. We will return after these short messages. We have a special guest. We are delighted to have with us Bale Aresis, a Tiernadol elf from Valinor. Am I saying that right? Tiernadol. Oh, my apologies. Tiernadol. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, we are so thankful to have you here. And now it, it, it's coming through a little awkward because of the mask. And 
Uh, you know what? I'm not. That would be culturally insensitive. Please don't take it off. Uh, please keep it. I off. wasn't planning on uh, my my apologies for even implying. So let, let's uh, let's go go into some questions today. We're here to learn about Valinar and the Tiernadal elves. So, uh, Aluvi. Traditionally, uh, the Tiernadal elves are from Aranal, and a lot of your people find yourself in Valinar now and you like rule Valinar now. How how does that happen? What do you mean how did it happen? It's always been a part of our culture. Culturally, as you've said, it may belong to your people, but before then it was property of sire and frequented by the Talenta halflings and you came in and have reasserted your control over that nation is that correct we just took back what was already ours if that's what you're talking about the idea that we own the land or that somebody owned the land previous to us is a little far-fetched don't you think well no i i think that it, it was well, ancestrally it does belong to the tannadale uh, there was an elven culture that did reside there. And as her people do worship the spirits of the past, it only makes sense that they would be given that land once again. At least that's uh, what the Treaty of Throne holds us. That, that, that is true. Uh, the, the treaty has been decided and that is that, that is the law of the land. Uh, but, but let me ask you, uh, do, do you feel that there is more land out here in Corvair that should belong? To the elves? I think that it's not necessarily a space of land that needs to be owned, but maybe an achievement that I want to go for rather than a piece of property that I want to deed. Oh, so so then you think that you would have uh, a claim on Sharn. How do you feel about that? Sharn is a city that has changed hands many times. There is a very good possibility that in the future... My people shall hold Sharn in theirs. Well, I, I think that's a little... Silas, Silas, Silas. Valinar is known for their horses. And Valinar horses are really pretty and cool. So the thing about the Valinar war horses that makes them special is they too hold our ancestors in their heart and are chosen by an ancestor, not just us warriors. Our horses are held in a higher esteem than the mere horses that come from House Vidalis. Uh, I, you know, uh, I will say that I've seen a Valinar steed up close, and they are superior to the mage-bred horses of House Vidalis. Th that is something that they do have going for them. I like them because they're pink. I've seen them in uh, different colors. Aren't they always pink? I've seen pink one. Uh, so since you brought up the, the topic of spirits, um, would you just briefly talk to us about um, your people's worship? Uh, I think it's the... The spirits of the past. We hold our ancestors in our heart, a specific ancestor that chooses us when we become of age. And if we are able to throw ourselves into our craft, the actual ancestor is able to come forward and live through us again. It is one of the greatest feelings in the world when your ancestor takes you in their heart and fills you completely. Well, that's 
really interesting. Now, now it, it's it's very different from the elves of the southern part of Arenal, uh, where you know, with with the Undying Court, and they also have the ancestor worship of of the their um, ancestor worship is not quite as pure as ours, and they do not actually allow their ancestors to pass on. They're locked within stones. It's very misguided, but I cannot fault them for their own beliefs. Everyone is entitled to do what they will, whether it is misbegotten or not. Uh, I think that that is a rather insightful take. Uh, I've always felt that the Deathless were reminiscent of a lot of the necromatic worships of Karnath in particular. Well, it's actually exactly opposite from Karnath. Uh, I, I know that technically they're not dead, but they've always felt but but they, it's, they it's, feel dead. It's literally the opposite. What's the ceremony like when you decide which patron you're gonna follow? Do do you did you decide the color of your skin when you were born? No. And your eyes, how far they see? Did you get to decide that? And what is your affinity that you enjoy? What what do you enjoy every day? Talking to me and asking me a million questions that have actually nothing to do with anything that we're having to deal with in a day-to-day life? You know what? Uh, is that what you enjoy? She's absolutely right, Luffy. She didn't get to pick. It was her charming personality that helped her ancestor decide to choose her. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. How do you view Aranol now that you're no longer there? Do you have... An affinity for it? Do you, do you long to go back someday? No, I'm I'm quite happy with traveling and proving myself with what I'm working at every day, trying to improve my marksmanship, finding adventures, fighting foes. It would be nice to actually. Well, that is interesting. I'm sure that you'll have a lot of fun finding glory here by cutting down Talenta half. Hey, 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 guarding. Silas. No, no, Silas, they, Silas, running amok. Silas. Uh, so, Bale, um, tell us a little bit about your patron. Uh, you said that there are uh, marksmen. Arisus was known for being able to shoot an arrow so far into the sky that it could touch the sun. It's one of the... Oh, that's uh, that's pretty cool, honestly. That's, like, really pretty cool. Powerful. Can, can you do that? With an axe? I've been working on it, but I am not yet there. I can only merely take from the base of a mountain to its tallest tree. I can cut its top off. I have not yet been able to reach the sun, unfortunately. It is one of my goals in life. So you throw axes, so you don't do like a bow and arrow. So there there are a lot of things that people around Sharn say about uh, your people. Um, you know. I don't think that's true. No one mentions the Tiern at all. Valinar and elves in particular, they will mention, but... I didn't even know they were a thing for a while. They'll say things like you're bloodthirsty, but also that your your people are bound by like a really strict code of honor. Um, a lot of people think that you all ride horses. Uh, other people say stuff like, um, "It's truly about the individual. It's not about the whole. All Tyrannodals are not the same." Just like all ancestors are different, each Tyrnadal is different. We all have our own specific goals, achievements, wishes, and dreams. It has nothing to do with us as a group of people. Why would we want to be lumped together 
all the same, like some gray sheep. So you think that the biggest misconception is that uh, all, all of all of your clans are exactly the same, all of your people are exactly the same, whereas uh, much like the Talenta halflings and other groups like the more dwarves, uh, you are actually very multicultural and a tapestry of beautifully different woven fabric. I mean, we have gone through centuries. It would be only natural for us to find independence within each other and outside of each other. That makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> well, Baylorisis, I want to thank you for joining us today and talking to us a little bit about your culture and, uh, you know, what your people are like and things like that. Now, my final and closing question is going to be, how can outsiders, uh, people like Silas and myself, kind of interact with you and your culture in a way that you would see positive? I think it was, it's always a good to, to put our skills to our test. Um, comparing shots, having a good brawl, going on a conquest together. That's sometimes fun. Well, uh, I think that perhaps we'll have to invite you to come and participate this year in the Race of the Eight Winds. Maybe we should see if we can get a Valinar rider somehow involved in the mix, just to see how good Valinar is at winning races and riding. I don't think that Valinar horses can fly. I'm sure we could work up something. Cool. Well, thank you again, Vale. And for everybody listening, let this just be a little lesson to keep an ear out for the Decas of Hope. So when do we fight? <laughs>